It, you know, but it's fun to be back and to be uh, back on the podcast, to be talking to our listeners. And <laughs> yeah, unlike your Netflix episode series, you don't have to wait a year yeah. for a Patio Talk oh, Pod. Good grief. I'm Just s- a couple of months. With that being said, let's move forward. everyone you're listening to patio talk pod where we believe everyone has a story and we want to share it i'm david and i'm cindy welcome to the show season two (laughs) you're a nut i am a nut (laughs) we are back i am so happy to be back how about you I am. I am. It is definitely nice to have something else to focus on besides COVID-19. What are you talking about? Is there something going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Oh, goodness. Did I miss it? Did I miss it again? <laughs> did I Did I sleep through it? You know, Yeah, I don't think weather. you're sleeping through a pandemic. It's just... Um, we know there's a lot of people out there who need a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Here's an interesting fun fact, though, coming out of this. I last filled up my gas tank on March 20th as this all began. I still actually commuted to work once a week. There several weeks in a row. But I just now, on May 15th, filled up my gas tank for $8.10. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I know. And it was on empty. The fuel bill has gone down tremendously. Which has allowed me to buy more shoes. <laughs> the shopping online has went up tremendously. <laughs> It all equals out. You know, I, I did become the receiving department one day. Well, several days in a row. Matter of fact, we had several things delivered to the house. And I tell you, I'm thankful for those folks who were still worked right through this thing and delivered uh, to the stores, to the grocery stores, to our house. We are very thankful for those folks. We're also thankful for the folks who worked uh, in the medical community and was yes. uh, working tirelessly. Listen, we know that we've been through this pandemic deal. We're still kind of coming out of it here where we live. Things have opened up a little bit. Uh, next next week, I think, um, the second phase of opening in our community will be happening. And we're super pumped about that. But yeah, we know that not everyone listening to this has been able to get out. And we know that some of you may even be afraid to get out. And some of you may be saying, I'm getting out no matter what. Let's just be kind to one another because we all are going through this a little bit differently than the other person. And I've seen a lot of bickering going on. We don't need to bicker with each other. No, exactly. No, no. You know? The struggle is real. Let's be generous and kind to one another and, and uh, just um, respect each other and moving on. <laughs> moving on. What have you been doing for the past couple of months, Cindy? I've been fortunate enough to keep working and working and working and working a lot. However, I've had some fun cutting your hair, dyeing our son's hair. Yes, you dyed Cutting my mother's hair. Yes, you did. And folks, I have no background in any of it. That was was the first time she'd cut her mother's hair. She attempted to cut my hair many, many, many years ago. It didn't go so well. I wasn't such a nice guy. And I really (laughs) like my hair. Yeah. A lot. A whole lot. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was actually fun to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Like many of you, we've kind of grieved the loss of some celebrations for our daughter who's graduating college. And Who is? She's a graduate now. Yeah, she, well, now she is a graduate. Yep, yep, you're right. And um, so, yeah, it's just a weird time. So it's good to be now focusing on some other things, brighter things, brighter days ahead. And 
got a great guest today who who shines his light bright he does. and brings a lot of hope to those around him and inspires in so many ways and I'm really excited for our listen uh, our listeners our listeners our listeners <laughs> I like our listeners <laughs> to get to know him as well and uh, yeah that's what I got how well, about good. you what have you been doing me I've been sitting in a chair it seems like for over two months working. <laughs> On my computer, it just seems like that's what I've been doing, uh, and and I'm thankful. Man, I'm so thankful that I was able to keep my job and be able to continue to work from home and still working from home, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a blessing. It, you know, but it's fun to be back and to be uh, back on the podcast, to be talking to our listeners and... <laughs> Getting you guys involved again. Start producing some content that will bring hope to others. And and boy, have we done that with the first episode. We have an amazing guest. There you go. With your amazing word. That part didn't change from last <laughs> season. It's starting this season as well. And I, for one, think it's a totally amazing. <laughs> it is. Our guest today is... Someone who I believe um, all our listeners will fall in love with and want to have us have back at a later time. He is a talented, talented, talented young man. His name is Marquise Harden, and we can't wait for you to hear his story. It is a good one. We're excited about it. We hope that you are too. This is Marquise Harden. Welcome to Patio Talk, Marquise. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. It's, you know, 90 degrees outside. Just got back from a workout and I thought I almost died, but I'm, I'm here. <laughs> well, we're glad, we're glad you didn't. So Yeah. <laughs> right. Our guest today is, is Marquise Harden, uh, and he is joining us through Zoom as we are still in the middle of uh, COVID-19 social distancing, which we think around uh, our part of the country in Nashville, that that is starting to ease a little bit. And I'm very thrilled about that because i'm ready to get out and go same yeah same here so marquise we're glad to have you here today on patio talk and as we prepare to get cozy and have some patio talk help us and our listeners get to know marquise in a quick round of questions so are you ready i am ready let's go okay so one thing that uh, how David and I like to uh, show our thought process, I guess, or tell others, it, I, we feel like it's a good question that helps others understand how someone might think through things. We uh, compare it to instant pot or crock pot. So which would you say you are? Are you an instant pot that you just are, are quick on your feet to, to respond and speak? Or are you a crock pot like I am? And I like to marinate, slow cook it before I actually tell you maybe what my opinion is or so forth. So which one would you say you fall into? That is a great question. Um, I would say I'm more so of a crock pot just because I don't ever like to just rush and give an answer or rush and do anything. I like to kind of make sure that what I'm doing uh, makes sense. And, you know, whatever I say, I don't want to say the wrong thing or, you know, whatever that may be. So, um, definitely more of a slow cooker crock pot. However, I do have my instant moments where it's like, let's go. We don't have time to wait. So, but I'm more so of a slow cooker. So, Very good. I actually would have guessed that about you. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Um, okay. I think I, yeah, I guess that takes it back to a fellow crock pot can recognize another crock pot. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, it, is. <laughs> maybe it is. Okay. Next one. What would be your favorite patio beverage? Um, probably lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, more so strawberry lemonade. I love strawberry anything. So good glass of strawberry lemonade, a hammock, sunshine again, you know, maybe a little breeze. That's like the perfect situation. Nice. I like that. Sounds very relaxing. I know. <laughs> All right. So favorite guilty pleasure snack food. We know you're you're into you're very health conscious. So uh what would be that guilty pleasure snack? Okay, so yesterday I went to the store and I haven't had one of these in a long time, but I would have to say an oatmeal pie. I was checking out of the store and I saw it in the go line and I was like, I have to get this. And so it would be a it would be oatmeal pie. Nice. That's our son. Yeah, our loves, son loves, loves oatmeal pies. <laughs> this kind was like a double stack. I lost my mind. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, eating it. I felt like uh, I don't know. It was just it took me a while just to like just take you know take it in, but it was good. Yeah. So it'll be oatmeal pie. Awesome. Very good. Okay, so we're gonna turn to sports here. Who is your favorite major league baseball team? So. I'm I hope nobody gets me, but I don't really watch baseball, so I wouldn't even know. <laughs> but, you know, I like going to the games, you know, the times that I have went, you know, and, and just I just love the community of it all. You know, I don't – I didn't grow up really watching baseball. My dad – my dad played – no, my dad played basketball, never mind. Um, but, yeah, I would – see, I just enjoy the game. I don't really know any specific person in Major League Baseball. Gotcha. So you're at least familiar with it then. Yeah. So my next question, then maybe you can still answer it. Can I just throw in my favorite baseball team? Would that be okay? Sure. So picture this, you're playing for the Atlanta Braves. You're about to step into the batter's box. What is your walk-up song? Oh, I have so many running through my head right now. We we thought that one might, might be one that right. would get you. Um, I would probably have to say, good question. Um, probably, man. Okay. So I probably have to say Kendrick Lamar, Humble. Oh, I love it. Hype song. Um, and it just kind of keeps you in that place of like, I don't care how good you are, whatever you do, be humble. (laughs) I love it. Um, But it's a hype song. So probably that one. Um, Yeah. I say that one right now. Very good. Okay, we'll move on to an easy one now that I think you can answer instantly. Where were you born? So I was born in America's Georgia. Um, it is south of Atlanta. So a lot of times I'll say Atlanta, but yeah, it's south of Atlanta. Um, it's a really small town. Literally, I feel like you cross the street and you're out of the city. You've pretty much met everybody. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm from. I'm a good Georgia peach boy. Oh, Georgia exciting. Peach. I didn't. I didn't realize that, I guess. Uh, I'm not, I've never that. heard of Americas. Yeah. So when you said Atlanta Braves, I was like, hold up, does she know from Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad is from Macon, Georgia. So oh, I have family I in that family. area. Yeah, I have family in Macon. Um, so Americas, I, so you are you familiar with Albany, Georgia? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's literally down the street from there. So it's like maybe 30, 45 minutes from there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We know where you're at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got some Georgia peach in me too. Come on. 
<laughs> My mom refers to me as a fuzzy peach because I guess Tennessee is known for Tennessee peas or something like that. So I, I've, I've never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. She, uh, who knows? She, she's going to listen to this too and laugh. I'm sure. All right. So you live in Nashville now. So tell us what led you to Nashville. So I've been this year makes seven years for me. Um, I moved here seven years ago because of college. Um, I transferred to Belmont University to finish out my degree and get a bachelor's in um, entertainment industry studies, music business minor. Um, so, yeah, it was just, I mean, because I would visit Nashville all the time and I just fell in love with the city. And I, I really knew God was leading me here. I didn't know how, where, or was I even going to get accepted into the school. But, yeah, I finished um, at my community college, graduated from there, got a degree in uh, music industry communications and finally got accepted into Belmont. And yeah, that's what brought me to Nashville. Love it. On Patio Talk Podcast, we we just like to know what what is it that drives you? What what is it that your goals? What what brought you to where you are today? You know, I was looking at your Instagram, and you know, you have faith and family. And so, tell us a little bit about your background with your faith. Yeah, man. So, um, both of my parents are ministers. Um, so, growing up, my uh, both of my parents were in the military. They both were in the army. So pretty much my whole childhood, I traveled from school to school, state to state, country to country, um, which at the time, I don't know if I really appreciated that, but I'm thankful that I had that experience because it opened my mind up to so much more. Um, Even just down to like meeting different people who don't look like me, talking to people who may not believe in what I believe in. And I think that's why one of the biggest reasons why I feel like you can put me in any room and I'll know how to adapt. I'll know how to talk to anyone. And so, like, I'm thankful to my parents for that. Um, but, yeah, both my parents are ministers, and my dad was a worship pastor at quite a few different churches um, in different cities. And so growing up in a, in a family of faith and also to music, that's where my passion for music came from. Um, my dad is probably one of the most amazing singers you can listen to. And so um, I remember just like, man, I want to I wanna do something in music. I don't know if I want to sing or whatever I want to do. And that's what actually brought me to Belmont at first, commercial voice. But I ended up changing my degree before I started to entertainment industry studies. Um, and so, yeah, man. So just kind of uh, having parent, two parents that are ministers, you, you see you see the good, you see the bad, but also, too, just something my parents always instilled in me and my siblings. Um, whatever you do in life, make sure that God is number one mm-hmm. and everything else will follow. You know, and so... I always stick and shoot it. And I always felt different as a child. I always felt like, why don't I want to do such and such? Or, or everybody, the crowd is over here. And I feel like I'm always right here. And I just knew God had a certain call in my life to where it's kind of like, Marcus, you can't do everything. Because where I'm taking you, I need to prepare you for that. Um, and so, yeah, throughout that, just having my, you know, my adolescent times and times where I want to do my own thing and be rebellious. I had those moments too. But I think, I always knew and came back to my center, which is Jesus. And, you know, when there was so many different things being offered to me and other things that were beliefs and all that kind of stuff, I just knew the prayers of my parents and my grandparents um, and just seeing them actually live it out and not just talk about it or sing about it, but they actually lived it out in front of us. And I always knew to come back to it. And, you know, God, I feel like God always pulled reeled me back in or when I tried to be rebellious or tried to do something, you know, that wasn't right. 
I can never last in it just because it's like, you know what? <laughs> I gotta come back. I gotta come back to, you know, what I know to be true and what I know to be real. And that was Christ. And so, yeah, that's my faith story, man. That's 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 where I'm rooted and grounded in. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's you you were talking about you always come back to it and you're it's basically centered. Mm-hmm. God centered life. And we may work around that. We may walk around that center and and get away from him but yeah you're coming back to the center of your life that's yeah. yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful with that being that when we can see it just from what i've watched of what you're doing now what what is it that marquis what is it that you are wanting to accomplish now well i think one of the biggest things is to we say this but sometimes i feel like sometimes people use it as a cliche but like i really want to make god is infinite he's amazing he's big he's I want to continue to make him famous amongst my peers. I want to continue to make him famous amongst different spheres of influences that God has placed me in. And so some of my passions are fitness, music, um, and even like doing ministry with men. And so like, that was my prayer. Like, God, how can I, how can I point all this back to you fully? And so like, one of my biggest things is even with the music industry, like working in it, I feel like, it's such a well to be honest it's such a dark space um and they need light and i feel like if the light is always running away how you know how will they ever see what we know to be true and what we hold on to and so um one of my biggest goals is to just continually inspire encourage and challenge um people within that space on the music industry space but also too, when it comes to like the different men's ministry opportunities, um, I think that's what the that's where the, the come up idea was birthed out of, um, of having myself having mentors, seeing men in my life who who didn't do it right all the time, seeing men in my life who got it right, um, and wanting to provide an opportunity for men to see, especially my generation, to see like we don't we don't all look like that, we don't all mistreat women, we don't all whatever statistics are, you know, out there, like right. there are successful men out there who are actually striving daily to live, to look like Christ. And I love the forever description that David has now, a man after God's own heart. And that's my goal is to create more men after God's own heart, starting with myself. And so, yeah, that's where the come up was birthed out of, you know, in the, in the world terms of the come up, most times people hear that is coming up in life. So, you know, from being poor to rich or, um, which that that connotation stands true, but also too, in the way that I looked at it is coming up from whatever desolate place you're in and then coming out of it um, as men. And so, um, yeah, just just being a a beacon of light for people to see um, Christ in all that I do, even in fitness, you know, the opportunities that I have to work out with so many different guys, you know, who've who asked me about my faith? I mean, I've had gym sessions with guys where we went to work out and we probably got 10 minutes in and they were full on in tears. Not because of anything that I did, just because like you can correlate a lot of life to working out. And I think we got we got into great conversation and they realized like, oh man, like I can do better. And so, yeah, whatever I do in whatever space or sphere of influence that I have, I just wanted always to come back to Christ. And I just want to continually to do that in whatever way that I can do that, whether it's putting on events or creating a platform and building it like the come up or 
you know, whatever that may look like. I, I love it, Marquise. That's let's, let's tell folks a little bit more about what the come up is. Before we do that, though, I, I want to say I love how you beautifully said uh, in, in an industry that there's darkness and if the light's always running away from it, mm. the, the light needs to run to it. Yeah. So I love that. That was so beautifully put. So, so with the come up, the come up is a, is a, a show that you have started on Instagram, right? Yeah. It's uh, on Instagram. It'll be coming to YouTube really soon. Um, Cause a lot of people have been like, Oh man, I wish I would have Instagram or whatever. Said, well, well, we're making it available on YouTube soon where you can go in there and just send links to people. But yeah, like I said it was just birthed out of, um, actually the idea came to me two, two years ago. Um, and it wasn't called to come up then. It really didn't have a name at the time. And um, I didn't know fully what it looked like. I didn't really know. I just knew that I wanted to have some kind of a, some kind of a platform or something to just talk, just speak. And I didn't feel like I was the best speaker or could carry on a conversation or anything at that time. It was just like an idea that came to me. But with like a lot of great ideas, we tend to start to downplay it. We start to look around, well, I can't do it like this person can, or it's not going to look as good as what this person got going on. or Will people even think what I'm saying even makes sense or whatever, you know, whatever negative things that we're thinking about while we or excuses while we can't start something. And so I kind of just tabled it, put a pen in and just like, like, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until probably like a year or so later, I thought about starting it again with someone else. And that just wasn't the right time. Like even with the people that I was thinking about doing it with this panel, just like, it still just doesn't feel right. So I, you know, tabled it again. And I was just like, God, maybe this is not for me to do. Maybe I'm just trying to, you know, do something that is not in the plan for me. And it wasn't until series of events happened in 2019, in December 2019, at the end of the month before New Year's, I literally remember just sitting in my apartment. I'm just like, I heard God so vividly say, when are you going to do it? Mm. And that hit me. And he was like, now is the time. He was like, don't worry about resources. Don't worry about people. Like, don't worry about anything. Let me do that. Let me do the hard lifting. You just need to do it. You just need to put that request out there and just believe that. I am who I say that I am and I can do what I say I can do and I will provide and I will make a way for you to do this. And so I was like, okay, Lord. And I mean, I reached out to different, you know, and God literally showed me who he wanted to be on the panel with me. And I reached out to each one of those guys and they shared the same heart. Um, the video guy, like all of those things just worked out. And it's what you have to this day to come up. But it's crazy though, too, because even after all of that and we started shooting episodes in January. So a lot of what people are seeing now was shot four or five months ago. Um, and now they're being released. But even when this whole COVID-19 thing started in March, like, cause we had a release date um, for April and I was like, you know what, you guys, we're just going to push it back to June. You know, I don't feel like this is just going to take the tension off of people not even want to see this. And that was my plan. I'll release it in June and we'll see. Literally a day later, I had a friend reach out. One of the guys on the panel reached out. He was like, dude, I could really use the come up right now. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about just releasing in June. 30 minutes later, another guy that's on the panel with me reached out. He was like, dude, I wish we had the come up right now. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, what is going on here? And so I remember laying out on my couch and I just heard God once again say, did I tell you to move this back? Mm. I need you to release this when you say that you were going to release it. 
Don't worry about who's going to see it. If, even if one man sees it, that's one man that didn't see it prior. And so I was like, okay, we're going to keep it going. And we released the trailer one week. And then the next week, the episode, episode started to roll out. And I'm so thankful that I didn't listen to my first thought of just waiting to June. We're not even in June yet, so it still wouldn't have been released. But God was like, you know, I need you to do this now. People need hope right now. Men need hope right now. Yes. And so that's what led me, honestly, to release it. And the testimonies that I've gotten from that and some of the other guys that have reached out, like, dude, you don't understand who's like all these men that have been reaching out to me about this and people sending it to their boyfriends and their husbands, even women just kind of saying like, hey, some of the topics that you guys are talking about has really blessed me too in my own life. I'm like, God, whoever listens to it, whoever ears it falls on, I pray that the intent and the, the mission behind it really pierces their heart and that, that it doesn't fall on um, deaf ground. And so it's been a blessing to see. And like, even like now, like I'm, it's kind of like my life has even more purpose now. It's not just about just living, just live, but it's so many other things or facets from this, even this whole pandemic time. Like the first month, was very hard in March. Like nobody really knew what was going on. Right. After that, when April hit, when I say like my mental just kind of shifted, like I've been telling my friends, like, and they've been like, really? Like I'm thriving. There's a lot that I'm working on right now. There's a lot of opportunities that have have came to my door just from stepping out and being obedient. And so, yeah, we can sit around and be depressed and, oh, I can't do this. I can't go here. Okay. There's a lot that you can do though. You know, and are you going to waste the time that you do have? Because once I believe once all this stuff is over with, a lot of people are going to wish that they worked on those projects, created those business opportunities or whatever it is that they had in their heart. You have God has given us plenty of time right now to do yes. that. And if you use that time wisely, you'll reap the benefits of it. And I'm reaping the benefits of listening to him and doing what he told me to do. And so that's where the come up was birthed out of. And yeah, and, and I'm so thankful and I'm, I'm excited about what's to come from it and just all the men so far who have been a part of it, you know, episodes that haven't even seen yet and ones that we're about to shoot soon. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, we're excited about it. I'll share with you, uh, Cindy, Cindy's looking at me like I've got something to say. So (laughs) let me, let me say this ladies first. Well, thank you, darling. (laughs) I have a few things to say here that just an observation of listening to your story there's really no such thing as luck, right? It's when mm-hmm. preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah. You were prepared. You yeah. know, God was preparing you prior to this. He knew what was coming, right? He knew what we would be dealing with these last few months. And so he wanted you prepared. You you had those episodes ready and yeah. then opportunity presented itself. And, mm-hmm. you know, you put the content out there and he's blessing so many through your obedience. And I just think that's really great. Um, another observation as a mom, when you're talking about, you know, your parents encouraging about whatever you do, uh, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but basically pointing it back to Christ. Mm-hmm. I've always told both our kids, you know, if God gives you a stage or a platform, it's not to toot your own horn. Yeah. It's to give glory to him. And you're doing that. You have several different platforms going on and that's definitely what you're doing. And so I know that's making your parents proud as well. Mm-hmm. And lastly, as a female watching your episodes um, with David, so first I can speak as a wife, you know, we've been married almost 24 years this summer and had he had something like that during his 20s because um, we got married very young. Um, had he had that 
I think it could have totally saved us a lot of heartache. Yes. <laughs> saved sure. him a lot of heartache and um, us as a couple. That's another story for another day. But um, so I think it's fabulous that this this is out there uh, for men of all ages. You typically say 18 to 35, but it definitely speaks to all men. And as a mom of both a daughter and a son, I see it as in, I love this is out there for my daughter who is now of age to early twenties. Yeah. She's early twenties and, you know, praying for her future husband. I hope that he hope he listens. Yeah. I hope he listens. But yeah, I hope, He is a man after God's heart as well. And then, you know, finally, as a mom of a son, to have some some men like you, your group of men that are, you know, on these episodes speaking out. I love that that avenue is there so that it can help him come up, you know, like it can really speak to him and mentor to him as well. So, yeah, it's I think it's a really beautiful thing that you're doing. Thank you. No, that means a lot to you. I appreciate that. On, on my side of it, I, I'm, I'll just echo what Cindy said, but for sure, I'm sitting here watching your episodes and there are young men who are just running through my mind of, man, I wish they would watch this. I need to send this to them. They, they, they could really benefit from this because I think back to my, like Cindy said, for me, it, if I had seen something like this in my 20s, you know, life may have looked a little bit different for us. You know, don't get me wrong. We're we're thriving in our marriage, but our lives have not always been great together in our marriage. And I think, you know, a lot of that fell on my shoulders. Had I had something like this, you know, it would have been fantastic. Now I grew up in a little bit different age. I didn't have the, we didn't have the social media. We didn't have, you know, the access to everything like we do now. And we grew up in a very small town. You know, I had great parents. So, you know, my dad was fantastic. You know, he could, he taught me a lot, but again, there are just things out there that you, you're not going to talk to your dad about. And one of the things I really like is the vulnerability and the honesty that you guys have on your panel. You, you've talked about subjects that you would be very uncomfortable talking to your dad about. I mean, let's face it. A lot of guys wouldn't talk to their dad about these things, but you guys have brought up some subjects to where I've heard, I heard one of your guys talk about um, an addiction that he had and that he, was able to find a group of guys who would help him out of that. And that's what I, I, I love about it is because you guys are honest. You're throwing out real life issues, real life things that men face, especially young men face. And I love that. The cool thing about this is that like, so I'm pretty much like the common denominator between everybody. I'm the one who knows everybody on the panel, even if everybody doesn't know each other. And so the first episode that we shot, like, Called up five, four of my other, other guys. It's like, hey, I want you guys to be a part of this. You guys are strong in the work. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I called them up. Like, we did like a FaceTime before we even like shot the episode or anything, just so that everybody can meet each other. But the crazy thing is, like, the day that we started shooting, you would have you would have thought everybody knew each other for like years. The way that the conversation was just like so organic. Um, it's crazy. I wish we could have <laughs> recorded conversation like before, like whenever they were setting up cameras and everything, like we were sitting at a table just having conversation and the camera guy was like, Oh my goodness. Like y'all have so much to talk about. Like we need to start shooting now. <laughs> um, like the, the stuff that was coming out, like one of the guys on the panel, I've mean, him known each other for over 10 years. 
And he was like, Marquis, I didn't even know half of the stuff you set up that was about you. I was like, that's the thing. Like it was so many things coming out. And it was, this process has been so therapeutic for all of us. Um, there was some stuff that I shared on the last episode that I've never really told out, shared out loud before, you know, this, mm. of sharing about, you know, having your father in your life and, you know, having another man come in your life and become that father. Like it was, it was so many different things that we've all been sharing the way of like, it's not just like everybody's saying it's blessing them, but like it's blessing us too. It's been encouraging because a lot of this stuff, you don't have the platform to talk about it in that way or, um, you just feel like, I don't know if I should share. And that, that was the times because, like, I didn't see the episode until it came out. And um, I said something on the episode. And I was like, oh, okay, I went there. Okay. Yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> but it's great. That means it was authentic. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, so. that's the beautiful part about it. I mean, yeah, it's touching me. I mean, I was, I was telling Cindy earlier, I'm, I'm much older than, the, than you guys are. But I'm sitting here going, you know what? I miss my accountability group. I don't have an accountability group. I kind of, I kind of got away from it for years and I was going, man, you know, I really need, I really need to get back to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a group of friends that I meet with, but you know, we really aren't being intentional about yeah. really holding each other accountable for things in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, I'll share this with you being you know, a couple decades older. Um, <laughs> it doesn't stop. I mean, it, it doesn't stop that you, your life, you'll, you'll continuously do this and you'll, you'll continuously need other men in your life. And, and I, I, I'll say that now, and I hope we can, our audience hears that is guys, you've got to have other men in your life. You do. You just have to. Mm -hmm. Women can encourage their men to have other men in their lives. You know, it, it's very important. We all need relationships. I mean, it's well known. Women need relation, other relationships. But men need it as as well, and they're typically loners, right? You can, you always tell me that anyway. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, they make they make songs can about be that, okay. right? Yeah, <laughs> being loners and just you know keeping their thoughts to themselves when really they need that conversation, they need that realness to know that they're not alone with whatever it is they're thinking or feeling. And I, I don't know about you, Marquise, but when I when I do have that, you know, I feel like I have a, a band of brothers, you know, right there with me. You know, we're we're step for step iron sharpens iron. So just feeding off of one another and being able to, to do that. I love what you're doing. It's, it's fantastic. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's dive into something that's um, for me, it's, it's hard for me to talk about because I don't live it. Yeah. As many of you guys know, that listen to our show, Cindy and I are white and we are raising um, a black male in recent days. We have witnessed uh, a tragedy that has happened in Georgia. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about Ahmaud Arbery's situation and what happened in Brunswick. Marquise, I, I know we talked earlier, and I would just like for you, if you would, share a little bit about uh, your perspective on this. Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for this platform, this opportunity to share about it. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me that has been disappointing has been the silence from a lot of people, including the church. Um, Because I feel like a lot of times when these kind of things happen, happen, um, people go silent or there's a, the week after it's kind of like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like the breaking point for me this time around. Because it, I have quite a few white friends. I have a lot of white friends and 
I um I don't know, it 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 I guess it hit me to the point to where I kind I made a post on Instagram and I was and I said your silence speaks volumes more so than anything. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can reach out to me about everything else, but when it comes to these kind of things, you have nothing to say. Or even if you don't even know what to do, the simple fact is instead of saying or wanting to put your two cents worth of, you know, well, why watching this, watching, why don't you just say, how can I help be a part of the solution? Hmm. You know, or what are some things or what are some ways that we can come together and unite? Um, but kind of going back, like with this situation, it hit me because I literally thought this happened last week. I think most of the world did. Yeah. But the well, fact I saw that, what I did. Yeah. And I'm like, this happened at the end of February. Where was I at? Where was any of us at? Um, and the fact that, you know, they had these tapes all this time and nobody said anything, but it took all of these black people coming together, making noise, making all these calls, organizing all these marches for these two men to be arrested two months later. That's unacceptable. Um, and it, it, it really hurt because these situations, they hit home because I see myself in that. I see myself at like, these are regular boys, men and women, black women and men, who are doing everyday activities that we all do. He was literally taking a job through a nice neighborhood. I work out a lot. I work, I, I go running through nice neighborhoods, you know? And so like, what if that was me? What if I was visiting my family in Georgia and they thought I did something and I got shot? So it's different when you put yourself in those situations and you, you say like, um, what if that was your son? What, what if that was your grandson? What, what if that was your husband? You know, um, right. and it hits a lot differently. Um, but one of the biggest things is even, and it's okay. Like I, I had anger. I was mad. I was sad. I, I was hopeful that moment. And um, one of the biggest things that I did was I had to talk it out with a support group. You know, some of my guys who, uh, um, who understood you know, because it was good to just to talk about it. Um, but also, too, I will say I did have a few white friends reach out to me about it. But but I, some people may not understand this when I say this. However, um, one thing I'm not going to do anymore, I can't congratulate white people for doing something they should be doing already. Like, why aren't you standing up or sticking up for your African-American brother or sister already? Why does it have to take this to happen? Like you haven't called or texted me in over a year. Why are you just now calling and texting me? If you really have a relationship and you really love me, shouldn't this be something that be done all the time? You know, and sometimes like those kind of things really, they hurt when it's like, why does it take another black male being shot down for us to want to say something? And so, yeah, I'm in a much better place now than I was a few weeks ago. And, you know, one of the biggest things that God, that I feel like God laid an impression on my heart is use the platform that you have to speak on these things. I feel like it's time out for us being silent and wanting to, oh, what if we lose our membership? What if we, oh, come on now. Like, you're losing out on people, a generation of people who feel like you don't care about them anyway. Right. And so I just feel like as a church, as as people in general, we have to do better with standing up for people who minorities and people who are um, who these things have been targeted to the past several years. 
Um, because even prior to this, like I feel like the Trayvon Martin thing happened eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. That was the very first one that I that was documented that I heard of. Um, Lord knows what's happening, the stuff that we don't see or hear. Um, and years prior to that, you know, black men and women were being lynched. So this has been this is the, the weapon has changed. So this thing, these things have been going on for years and for years and years. Um, and something has to be done. There has to be some kind of structural change. Like I'm kind of over the conversations. I want more actions to be taking place. You know, I want us to be able to really unite and come together, white, black, whatever, you know, and be able to and to show people like, hey, this is not right. And I, I saw a post last week and the guy posted it. He said, let me put it plainly. He said, um, white people, we want you to help us live. So what does that mean? He said, speak up. I remember seeing a preacher one time in a service. Um, he called one of his ministers up, which is a black guy. He looked at him, looked at him. The preacher was white, the pastor was white. And he looked at him, he said, he, he was already in tears. He said, I think this is, was right after the Sandra Bland thing in Texas. He said, I am white, you're black. Obviously we see that. He said, but you are my brother. He said, I may not know your experiences because you're black and I'm white. He said, but I love you. And he broke down again. He said, you're my brother. He said, I am not a good friend, a good brother. If I say I love you, but when these things happen, it doesn't affect me too. He said, I could care less about the mega church. I could care less about all this stuff that I've acquired for standing up for my brother. He just literally hugged him and they both sobbed on stage together. And he said, guys, this is what it's all about. Like when you hurt, I hurt. I can't only want to appropriate your culture or listen to your music or only want to talk to you when things are going good. But when these kind of things take place, I need to be able to step in and say, hey, y'all, we can't keep doing this. This is not right. Like I can speak all day long, but what will, it's even different when my white friend steps up and say, hey, guys, we can't be doing this. This is not right. And so that's how I feel about it. But the Lord just kind of showed me like, Marquis, step in and, and use your platform that I've given you. Actually, the, um, the season finale episode of the come up that we're shooting in a few weeks. Um, I'm excited about it because this episode actually was supposed to be, have been shot the week that everything started shutting down. So of course, plans were changed and canceled or postponed, but even the whole subject matter has changed for this episode. And I'm excited about it. And actually this is a exclusive for you guys. Um, it's going to be called No More Hashtags. And it's this specific panel of guys is going to be five black men. And I specifically chose five black men for a reason because it's going to be an open letter to the church, an open letter to America. Um, and the subtitle of it is No Hashtags From My Heart to Yours. And people being able to really listen in and see like, this is how we feel. You know, five successful black men who are thriving, who are not statistics, you know, who are not in jail, are not thugs and all these things that people want to put on us but we have families two of the guys are married and young one has a child on the way one of them is married to a white woman you know what i'm saying so so many dynamics. one of the guys on the panel two of the guys on the panel are mixed so they have white a white father and a black mother so it's it's it's, i'm excited to dive into these different things but like it's just a share in our heart this is not a let's bash white people but this is let's educate our brothers and sisters and hopefully it doesn't fall on deaf ears. And hopefully people will once again, take these conversations to their own homes, take these conversations to their own churches, to, to the gym, wherever they're at and really stand up and be who they've been called to be in love. Love is not just, a lot of times we want to talk about the love of Jesus, 
but we don't want to exemplify the love of Jesus. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that because what what happens in, in these situations and like you're talking about with the hashtags, then you start seeing it where people start taking sides, mm-hmm. right? They start, well, what about this? And well, what about that? Well, all the facts haven't come out or there's so many different things that happen. And then you start getting folks start arguing and yeah. it's like, wow. So many people like who, and people wanted to try me with that. Like I had some white friends text me who didn't agree with my post or um, who wanted to come in under my post. And I said, okay, what I'm not doing, I don't debate anybody. Um, and then also too, you may not want to come in on my posts because I have some friends who may not know Jesus as much as I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think the way that I handled a lot of that was was done right. It was done. It was done in truth. It was honest. Um, and I had some people like really reach back out. Saying, I'm so sorry for being insensitive because I had people reach out and say like we don't have all the facts. The fact is, a mother right now literally just celebrated Mother's Day with her child last week. Right. Actually, it was, I think it was his birthday. His birthday. His birthday and Mother's Day. And Mother's Day. Exactly. Yeah. Two days apart. Yeah. And so for us to be so insensitive and say, like, we don't know all the facts. No, the fact is that this man, somebody recorded this. We saw what happened. This child was, this boy, this man was running and he's not here right now. You know? And so, like, or I had someone come in under my post and just say, like, you know, why do we make this out to be a big deal? And, you know, what if it was... Because somebody got murdered. I mean, he got killed. It's a human being. And she was like, so why don't we, why didn't we, you know, why when a black person kills a black person, you know, this doesn't get news like this. I said, okay, let's, let's, let's rewind this back. I don't care who you are, white, black, Chinese, Indian, killing somebody innocently is wrong, period. However, we can't detract like we always like to do from the situation at hand that this young black man was killed by these two white men because they felt that he was, you know, whatever they thought. And so honestly, this I feel like a mission of mine now is to continually to keep the subject at hand and to continually, continually use whatever platform the Lord gives me to continually shine light. Can't change everybody, but what I can do is you can't say that I didn't offer the facts or I didn't offer you know, a voice to the conversation to hopefully inspire that change and call my friends up higher, call people around me up higher to to want to do that. And if I'm going to be saying I have the love of Jesus, I mean, the Bible says Jesus cares about justice, too. And so, I mean, Jesus hung around people who didn't look like him and who were doing some other things. And so but he knew that his love was going to change them. Yes. Even when not even in our differences, we have to come back to like love is what changes the love of Christ that changes. That's what he died for. Exactly. I'm so thankful that you have the platform that you have. And I'm so thankful that you're you're willing to talk about this with us. You know, for us, we, we, a lot of times it's, we don't know what to say. A lot of times I'll sit and I'll read something or I'll see these things and I'll just, I get, I go through the emotions. I'm mad about it. I, I get, I'm hurt. I'm mad. And then I get hurt and mad again when I see people arguing over it. Yeah. The the fact that you're right. The fact is this mother spent, you know, two months right. fighting <laughs> w- about going, hey, my son was murdered. My son was killed. What are we doing about it? And for two months, nothing happened. And then it takes the video to come out. And I will say, you know, the GBI got involved and within 48 hours, they made an arrest. Mm-hmm. So 
what happened in those two months? What happened in those two months? But I, I'm glad that you had the platform that you have and that you can continue this conversation because one of the things you just said was using your platform to continue it on because a lot of times what happens is, and we see this, is it, it's a it's a big emotional thing happening now. And in six months, are we still fighting for justice? Are we still fighting to end it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it, we're not. It, it goes it goes by the wayside and people stop talking about it. I mean, because also, too, like, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, like, even the young lady in Louisville, Kentucky, Brianna, um, who was innocently killed, you know, how the police broke into her home and just shot her because they thought she was somebody else. And it's like, okay, here we go again, you know. Right. And I'm just now catching up on that story. Yeah. So it's, um, so it, it, it's, it, it does get to the point, like, I don't care how much Jesus you have. I don't care how much you try to be strong. You get tired. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so tired. You're tired of running. You're tired of the same things over and over and over again. Right. You know, and kind of like, when do we stop? When do we? So, yeah, this is just the ever going thing that where it's like, God, just give me the strength to continue to to fight the good fight and to continue to shine a light in these dark situations. Because at the same time, too, every time this happens, I'm sure this brings back the memories for the families who have already lost somebody because of this. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, it does. The occurring thing to where so many people are affected by this, you know, and then it causes fear to what if I get stopped by the police, you know, just all of these different things, which we shouldn't be feeling. But I don't blame people for feeling the way that they feel, you know, when it keeps happening. You know, it's not a one isolated incident. It's not this keeps happening every year. Just kind of like who's next type thing. So, Marquis, can I ask you this? And yeah. how do how do you feel when you go out running? And you, and you know you're in a white neighborhood. How, how, how do you feel? Can you describe how you feel? I, I don't, because, well, I don't say that's recent, but because that just happened, I don't, I haven't really felt anything. I feel like I felt more after Trayvon Martin situation, but overall, all of these kind of have been very similar. But for me, I feel there was a certain... When I say fear gripped me, I don't I remember this so so vividly. Like it was, I remember crying, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember talking to my mom and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't want to be the next hashtag. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, it keeps happening. You know, I don't know what, it's kind of gets a point where you don't know what to say. You lose your words, you know, and mm-hmm. for me now, I don't think I feel fear per se. But it's a certain anger of just wanting people to just do right. Now I do have some friends and some people who are, are fearful and you know who've changed up the way that they do things or things of that nature. But I don't I wouldn't say I feel fear for running through a neighborhood, but not only white neighborhood, anything like that. I do feel more aware <laughs> of my surroundings. Um and things your like radars, that. Your radar is up more. It, it really is. It's up yeah. a lot more and just wanting to and like, yeah, we should obey the laws of land and things of that nature. But it's kind of like, why do you have to prep a black man for when the police stops him? Like, why are you not prepping this white boy over here? You know, like, why, why do we have to go through all of this? Like, even with Philando Castile, you know, being shot in his car with his girlfriend sitting beside him with his four-year-old in the back seat. Mm-hmm. He had nothing. You know, like, things of that nature where it's like, these are innocent people being gunned down. And so... 
yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel fear. I just it's just a more of an awareness of my surroundings more so now as that, you know, as that stuff has been happening. Marquis, we thank you for sharing that. And, and again, yeah, we absolutely we know that we couldn't talk about this uh, just the two of us and have any sort of you know Cindy and I and have any sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful that you were able to share with us your perspective. Yeah, and, and I want to say. I don't say this too. Like I don't, I don't ever want people to think like, oh, he hates white people. He has it. I don't. I love my white brothers and sisters. Like some of my best friends are white. But I will say this. Like I think that's my challenge to my Caucasian brothers and sisters. Like let's not be sad. Let's speak up. If you say you love me or you say you love your black friends, let's not only love them when it's convenient, mm-hmm. but let's also love them too when things like this take place. Like let's not reach out to them when somebody gets shot and killed. But reach out to them just to see how they're doing, period. It goes a long way. Also, too, like there's some different steps that you can put into place, like from a church perspective, even just from a just personal perspective, like go out to lunch or dinner. Take somebody to lunch or dinner that you may not know per se that well or that may look different than you. And you'll find out so many different things about them um, and vice versa, like getting to know each other um, and how you can support one another well and love each other well. So let's just do better so that we can unite and we can be together. And let's continually fight this evil called racism that has plagued our, our country for a long time and still continues, continually shows its ugly head. I'll, I'll echo what you just said. Uh, get to know someone who doesn't look like you, who their culture is not your culture. And it's beautiful what you'll find if you do that and get yeah. to know one another. There's so much growth that you can experience. True. With being around others that might look different, think different, definitely building relationships like that mm-hmm. are great, very beneficial. And I'll say this too. I saw this today. It's so true. People are going to disagree about things. Yeah. And, and it's going to be because, you know, different, uh, different backgrounds. But, and that happens through so many spectrums of people, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all, we're all brothers and sisters, but we're, we weren't raised the same. We weren't in the same environment and we weren't all treated the same but it's like this if i disagree with you it doesn't mean i hate you if if we're not alike it doesn't mean that we're so different that we can't get along i for one want to see ever i want to see everybody get along just be kind to one another just be kind to one another i mean that's the thing you don't have to i saw another post last week that said um something he's learning and he's 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 my age and he was saying something i'm learning in my life is that I can love you, but I don't have to be your friend. Mm-hmm. We don't have a whole lot that we can be friends about right now, mm-hmm. but I hope that changes. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was really good. He said, we can't be friends right now, but we can work toward it. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. Like we, you, you may not agree on everything, but it's there's certain things to where it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can agree on, we can agree on human life and people living and not dying. Innocently, you know. Yes. So, but I love that though. Like, yeah, let's come together, put our disagreement, in, and we may walk away from a conversation, maybe still not seeing eye to eye. Right. But as long as I know that there's no, there's no love loss. Like, there's no, I hate you now. Like, exactly. Oh. <laughs> like exactly. That. Let's be generous in our thoughts about one another, and just yeah. you know, act on the aspect of believing that person's just doing the best that they can and, mm-hmm. and be generous with our thoughts toward them yeah. and actions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So thank you for sharing that Marquise. We really appreciate it. Marquise, let's, um, we have one last question that we ask 
all of our guests. And uh, again, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be good for a crock pot or not, but <laughs> we're going to try it. Uh, so we'll ask this question, and before we let you go, we'll we want to get uh, all of your contact information, how the folks can find you, especially how we can send young men to come up table talk. I think that's, that's fantastic, and any well, any any man, anybody watch it, it's it's great. But the question is this: patio setting can be anywhere at any time frame, and the person you're setting on the patio with can be anyone from any time frame. Where would this patio be? And who would be sitting on that patio with you? Oh my goodness! Um, I told you it wasn't easy. Maybe dead or alive. Yes, anytime. Um, okay, so this patio would be in Hawaii on an island, one of those secluded islands. Um, and the person would be my grandfather because I didn't have a lot of time to spend with him before he passed away with cancer. Um, I had a year, good year that I got to spend with him because, we, like I said, we were moving around all the time. The year that we found out he had cancer, I literally, because I'm a city boy at the heart. And so, like, when we moved to Alabama, we're in the city, but there was a lot of country, too. And so, like, I got to, even my grandfather, six seven. he was a big guy, but when he had cancer, he lost all that weight. And um, he literally got me outside in the heat and humid and showed me how to cut the grass, showed me how to weed eat. So it would be me, him, my dad, and my uncle. And we'd just be out there cutting the grass together. And... We would have conversations like he loved to watch like Bonanza and like those old Western shows. Oh. So we would sit down and sometimes we'd just be quiet. We watch commercials and I would hear him laugh or things like that. And I remember one time watching a commercial and I was like, "Man, I wish I could do that." He was he looked at me. He was like, "Why can't you?" I was like, "Well, such and such, whatever excuse I made at the time." He was like, "Marquis, the same way they put their pants on, you put your pants on. There's nothing that you can't do. You just have to apply yourself and go forward." That has stuck with me ever since then. So my grandfather actually passed three days before Christmas, two weeks after my birthday in December. And so that, uh, I kind of was upset at first. I was like, God, I don't really get to spend, I got to spend time with him, but I didn't get to like, there was so many more conversations. Like I haven't even got married yet, but like he didn't get like, it's so many things I just felt like, man, he didn't get to see. Right. However, um, I would, I would love that time. Just me, him, no cell phone, just, on the beach, chilling, having those conversations that we used to have in his bedroom, watching TV like that. No, oh, that'd be beautiful. That's that's it, man. Yeah, I that's love that. That's the good stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. That was awesome. So before we get into getting all your social credentials, um, <laughs> I know that you are just an encourager at heart, and I just want to take a moment to encourage you to just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. You inspire so many you know, I've got to witness that, you know, in the, these last few months, you know, with us having a working relationship. And I I look forward to your inspirational messages that you put out in the office and that you send out to us. And they're greatly appreciated. And you shine a light very bright. And uh, just, I just want to encourage you to, to keep going and keep at it because you're doing great things and you're going to continue to do great things. I have no doubt. Just really excited to see where God continues to take you on this journey. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Tell folks where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram at Marquise, that's M-A-R-Q-U-I-S underscore Harden, H-A-R-D-I-N. And if you want to give us a follow at Come Up Table Talk on Instagram, that is the T H E. 
come up, C-O-M-E-U-P table talk underscore. You can see all the videos and everything like that. And um, our YouTube page is coming very soon. And so you can also go in there soon and that'll be come up table talk also too. So that's where people can find me. And you may see me running around Nashville somewhere or at somebody's track. <laughs> Working out, no doubt. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll post all, we'll post those uh, Instagram sites on the, in the show notes as well, folks. So if you want to give give uh, Marquise a follow, that'd be wonderful. And again, share the the come up tabletop with anybody that you can think of that would benefit from it because I'm I'm telling you, it's it's really great, and I'm so glad that that, uh, that I've watched it, and, and I'll continue to watch. Marquise, thank you so much for your time today. We are super excited that you came on Patio Talk Pod with us, and we look forward to doing this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So that was Marquis, friends. He is a very impressive young man, wouldn't you say, David? I think so. I just love his heart for he's he's out there trying to make a difference in the world. Yes, he is. And he's being bold and courageous and just in putting it out there and, and staying truth uh, truthful to his foundation of faith. Yeah. You can tell just by talking to him, that that is his center. Just like he said in the interview, Christ is the center of his life. Like, yeah, I think there was one time when he was talking about, as we, you know, we talk about his faith and obviously as a, a great foundation of faith is great job, mom and dad. Um, Absolutely. You know, as it moves into present day with him mentoring others and, and bringing this group of men together, you know, I liked what he said about how he had this idea two years ago. Then a year, you know, year passed and it was kind of brought to light again. And, you know, he seemed to kind of hesitate on moving forward with it. But then God's saying, just do it. You know, I'll, I forgot exactly how he worded it, but I'll do the heavy lifting. This was the perfect time. I think you even, you may have even mentioned this to him in the interview, but I think it was just the perfect time. He had this idea. God saw this coming. He knew people were going to need this. And his brother's reaching out to him and saying, hey, man, I sure could use you know, the come up and the timing was right. Absolutely. He was prepared and the timing was right and an opportunity presented. And now, um, you know, it's, it seems to be taking off really well for him. And I think it's a great, great thing as a mom of raising a 13 year old boy right now that someday will be a man and to have those things out there for him to, to give some extra guidance. Cause we know our kids don't listen to us, right? They listen to others. I think it's it's important to to have avenues to point him to, such as the come up table yeah. as he gets a little older. Some of it's a little bit more mature, but there are some things that you know he could take from that now. No, no doubt. And yeah, you're right. He's not going to listen to us <laughs> until you know when he's in his twenties, late twenties. He can say, "Hey, yeah, you know what they said was right in a lot of ways." But yeah, we did the same thing, and I think most of you listeners probably did the same thing too. If you listened to your parents and did everything they said, then you're pretty close to perfect. Yeah. It was fun to get back to recording. It was a blast, and especially when you have a great guest like Marquise to start it off with. And friends, we're thankful that he was able to share about the time that we're going through and share from a perspective that we don't have. And on his upcoming episode of the Come Up Table Talk, he's going to have five of his friends uh, all five black young men who have their lives together and are making a difference and how I just think it's it's going to be a wonderful thing for him to be able to sit down and, and discuss that openly and hopefully what everyone will take away from it 
is what we need. No more hashtags. And I know some of you listening have different opinions on what's going on with this situation with Ahmad Arbery. What really stuck out was the fact is a mother celebrated her son's birthday and Mother's Day within two days of each other. Just a, just a day after these two gentlemen had been arrested. The fact is she doesn't have her son anymore. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Human life was lost. You know, I think the whole stigma around the sayings of, I don't see color, then something's wrong. You should see color. You shouldn't be blind to it. But you shouldn't get stuck at seeing the color. You should see beyond it. That that person's heart beats the same as yours. That that person bleeds the same color you do. A person's lungs pumps air the same as yours. That's what it's about. Loving one another. No matter the color, the race, the background, the cultural difference, whatever it may be. Especially if you're a Christ follower. In Philippians 2, 3, the word says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We can't put people below us. Right here, Scripture is telling us to count them more significant than our own selves. There's an even more simpler way that the message explains it. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Another verse that I think we all could listen to, especially when we're on social media and we're you see all the people bantering back and forth. And this verse really hit me this week was Psalm 141.3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just say it this way. Set a guard, O Lord, over my thumbs or over my fingers when I want to type something back to someone and start some sort of disagreement or make some snide remark or some sarcastic remark. Is that really building up anybody? Is that really building up the kingdom? Is that really doing any difference other than just being smart aleck? That's definitely true in today's time. <laughs> it's more of it's not really spoken word as it is typed word. Yeah. And a lot of us are keyboard cowboys. We all want to get behind the keyboard and start spouting off stuff. And these, and listen, a lot of times you would not say those things to someone's face. You just wouldn't because you're probably a decent person. And you wouldn't say that to someone if you were face to face to them because you would see the value in them instead of seeing a, a screen and seeing a comment on a computer or a phone. Exactly. It always goes back to that old saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yes. Yeah, so so if you can't type that. anything nice... Don't type anything at all. <laughs> exactly. Just keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah, you sound like Dory. Just keep scrolling. scrolling. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's been fun to be back in the studio doing patio talk, right? Sitting on the patio again. Absolutely fun. So, folks, we've done a little bit of work to the website. We have added the blog portion. We've only got one blog up right now, but we have like 10 of them written. And I'm just waiting for my editor. Yeah. She's been busy <clears throat> to go through them, and <laughs> then we will start posting those as well. So you can check us out at patiotalkpod.net, and we have a blog on there. You can also listen to the podcast through that website, and our social medias are at patiotalkpod. That is for Instagram and Twitter. So whenever you find yourself listening to this day, night, evening, morning, early morning, whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to Patio Talk Pod. That's a wrap. 